Well, you never, ever, ever heard a podcast like this one. We're coming to you live on a Thursday night from the east coast of these United States. Can you even believe it? I cannot believe it. That's not a rhetorical question. Can you believe it? Please answer me. I'm I'm very alone. Oh, are you talking to me? Oh. Are you? Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah, we do it every week. <laughs> so you're over it? Also, it's not live. It's not live. That would I'm... be truly remarkable. <laughs> I'm afraid nobody... Oh, there's my food. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another week of Mad About, Mad About You, your Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. Hello, John. How are you today? I am uh, fine, thank you. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing very, very well. I just bought a mattress. Did you? Yeah, I spent $1,000 on a mattress. What kind of mattress? Is it a Lisa? Is that a mattress? That is a mattress. That is a... Is it a Casper mattress? These are mattress companies that are hold on that advertise on L E E S A. No these mattress. It's these not mattress a Lisa. They, they advertise on podcasts all the time. Lisa, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh huh. I've never. I've heard Casper. Heard Casper plenty. Yeah. Never heard of a Lisa. It's a thing. It's a thing. I promise you. Well, it's probably the it's probably the lesser of the two. Yeah, I got to tell you, I went old school and I got a Serta. Oh, a perfect sleeper. No, no, that's not what it's called. A beauty oh. rest Golden Gate. Oh, that's also a good one. Hey, is there a mattress podcast? <laughs> yeah, mattress. I was going to say no, a match. There's no word for there. I was going to say a match cast, but that could be too many things. That sounds so like a, a podcast just, for pyromaniacs. Yeah, it does. So then I was just going to say a mattress podcast, <laughs> which is exactly what you said. And Two arsonists that watch things burn for an hour. <laughs> You know what? I would listen to that. I would too. That's fascinating. That sounds like something that Slate would put out. Vice. Or a, or a This American Life spinoff. It's the new serial. <laughs> they never get caught. They never get caught. How are you? I'm doing very well. What's doing with me? Not a lot. A good week so far. Very restful. I'm enjoying my 2018. I'm feeling good so far. You're the yourself? only one. The only one? I might be. I might be. There's a lot of cynicism in the air right now. Are you talking about in this... No, no, I've just seen a lot of people commenting, seen, yeah, I've heard them commenting on how 2018 is making 2017 look like 2016. Oh, boy. Oh, but 2016, which was the year where everyone was like, thank God it's over? All of them lately. But yeah, 20, everybody yeah, is such very a trope glad. now. Trope alert. 20, this year sucks. Tr yeah, basically. Everybody died in 2016. Yeah, I'd love to hear a millennial's take on current events in 1944. <laughs> <laughs> or how about 1933? Which celebrities did we lose back in 1944? Oh. And, uh, because that's what... Are you that, getting into uh, it? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I'm. That wasn't a segue? No, that was just, that was me asking. That's why 2016 was so bad. Oh, right. Until the election happened and things got really genuinely bad. Right. It was just about, oh, man, David Bowie died. This is terrible. Right. And so did right, a whole right. bunch of other famous people who we love. At least that's as bad as it's going to get. And then the election happened, and then 2017 happened, and it was the fallout of the election. The day the music died. 
Yeah. I wonder how many people back in the 50s when those three died in the uh, in the plane crash were like, oh, worst year ever. Yeah. No, maybe. Well, they got a song. They Well, they didn't get, they didn't get that song for years after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I heard that song might not be about that. I mean, it's kind of about like lost youth and the changing of the right. country. Right. That's but, just like, the, the impetus chorus, for the song. Yeah. The American Pie is the name of the plane. Oh, really? That went down. Oh, yes, American Pie. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, it's literally about that. Does everyone and, know, you know that? I, well, and also they, the the whole thing. I can't remember if I cried when I heard about his widowed bride, but something touched me deep inside the day the music died. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought it could be a symbolic bride. <laughs> music's music's widowed bride. And you also thought it was a symbolic, literal other uses of phrases from the time. Yeah, Russ. A lot of lyrics are symbols. You're right. I can't believe I'm kind of sending to you when I'm actively wrong. Actually, yeah, I can't. Uh, but listen, well, look, the rest. There is a lot of symbolism in that song. That also, song, you're profoundly you're gonna... changing for me. Yeah. I never realized that that chorus was about a literal plane crashing. Yes. That is deeply well, the, the upsetting. Pre, the pre-choruses, and then and then they just kind of drop in the the name. Well, here, okay. Here's bye where bye, Miss right. American you... Pie. Every time he sings it, he's singing bye bye plane. Yeah, but the but the rest of the chorus is is not about that. There's no Chevy. There's no Levy. Right. right. There's no... <laughs> or there is a Levy, but a it has water. That would be... Que- <laughs> uh, what, yeah, the rest of the song is completely accurate, except for yeah. the very dry Levy. Don McLean's like, no, no, I made that part up. I mean, artistic license. No, you there know? was a Levy. It was very soaking wet. It's a better story <laughs> if it's a dry Levy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta admit it's a better story with the dry levy. Okay. Oh man. What so is- this is episode forty-five of Mad About Mad About You, and we're gonna be talking about season two, episode twenty-three of Mad About You, titled "Up All Night," which I say in the style of USA. All night. Oh, because you Did sound you... like Jiminy Glick. <laughs> I was going. I can't remember. Well, good. Jiminy Glick is great. Yeah, that's also what Rhonda Shears is that her name? That I cannot remember her name. It might be Rhonda Shears. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, she did do that up all night. Yeah, on USA. What, what was that? That was just like were those different shows? Ah, uh, it was like a block of television, right? And it constantly they were changed. interstitials because they would host. A night of B movies. Was it just B movies? Yeah, Gilbert okay. Gottfried was on for a while, yeah. I believe. I know some people that were on that. Really? Some actors I did a uh, play with a couple years ago. Maybe we can get them on the podcast. I would love to get them on the podcast yeah. to talk all about up all night. Yeah, yeah. They they've been uh, sharing a lot of their old videos on YouTube lately. How cool! Yeah, Shecky Beagleman and Ken Foreman. You know a person named Shecky Beagleman, and you've been holding out on it's me. It's like her stage name, but yeah, great. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this is happening. Great. <laughs> write, write it down in pen. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta buy a pen now. How do I get pen off my laptop screen? <laughs> <laughs> this episode aired on May 12th, 1994. I was about to say 1944 because <laughs> I've got World War II on the brain, I guess. <laughs> How did TV Guide describe this episode? The Buckmans meet John Aston after getting locked out of their apartment. But is it really him? Garth Brooks has a cameo. 
All right, that is everything that happens and doesn't happen in this episode. Yeah, I can't, I don't have a critique, except there's nothing elegant about this. Right. But fine. Yeah, I mean, look, that, here's something. Uh, if you're going to use the Garth Brooks cameo, if you're going to mention that, that's like, a, oh, you better watch this episode. Garth Brooks is going to show up in it. And then if you tuned in just to see Garth Brooks. Yeah, big disappointment. You're going to be bummed out. Also, if you turn the TV on 40 seconds into the show, if you turn yeah. the TV on at 9 p.m. and 40 seconds. Yeah, it's, yeah it still says 9 p.m. <laughs> The clock hasn't changed, and you're literally like, how could this be? That is insane. It's nine. Fear. And then you get all the way to the credits, and it mentions Garth Brooks, and you're like, are you kidding me? This is a lie. This is a lie. You're lying to me. I, I saw it from the credits. How could this, how could I have missed them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, God bless whoever had to write this, because, well, you know what? Honestly, though, I would, actually, I have a great pitch. Okay, go for it. The Buckmans get locked out of their apartment in the middle of the night. Special yeah, appearance by John Aston and Garth Brooks. Great. That's great. Thank That's you. That's way better. Bye, TV guy. Bye. Sure, That's way you, out of business. <laughs> are you sure you don't want to throw a question mark in there somewhere? I'm positive. <laughs> Special uh, guest appearances by John Aston? <laughs> what if they're not sure if it's him who's acting as the guest star? Yeah. <laughs> Russ, say I read this description and I'm like, ugh, this is too much for me. What else is on TV? You're watching NBC. Oh, I'm thrilled that you asked. Big Night. I love Big Night. It's a big, yeah. Stanley Tucci. Big Night, yeah, about about a a big dinner, right? Manja. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen it. Oliver Platt. Yeah. Those two are so funny together. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it either, so I can't... No, but I haven't, I haven't seen that in? movie, but... Oh, they're in a boat movie. A... Yes. On a cruise. Yes, and it's like it's it's like an old-style, like, physical comedy thing. It's great. I gotta the, see it. It's real. yeah, the, I can't remember the name of it right now. Great. I'll tell you what it isn't called, though. It's not called Part 4 of Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, I don't know The Stand. I don't know The Stand much either. Okay. It was on ABC. This was part four of four of a miniseries. Beautiful. And it was huge and sprawling and epic. He Mm. wrote it. He wrote the the screenplay. Stephen King did. It had a million people in it. Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Jamie Sheridan, Rob Lowe. uh, Laura San Giacomo. Oh, be still my heart. Right. I had such a crush on her as a kid. Yeah. That's the, for those who don't know, the uh, lead actress from uh, Just Shoot Me. Yes. Yes, it is. And a bunch of other things. Wait, she's not also the lady from Basic Instinct, right? I mean, that's Sharon Stone. No, no. The other one. I I know you're not talking about her, so I'll say maybe. I feel like I get them mixed up. I've only seen Basic Instinct once. And you know what? I might not have. Oh, Gene, Tri- I, okay. Okay, sue me. I get Gene Triplehorn and Laura San Giacomo <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> Don't they kind of look similar? High cheekbones? Sure, sure. All right, I'll give it to you. Why not? On- oh, wow. Honestly, we are tweeting this this week because spitting image. All right, do we have a you've never seen them in the same place at the same time situation? Oh, doppelgangers, mm, Triplehorn? Might they be the same people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean Schrodinger's Stop. Schrod- Doppel- Schrodinger's doppelganger, or uh, Giacomo's cat. 
Giacomo? Yeah, <laughs> said Giacomo's cat. <laughs> I like the. I believe it's San Giacomo. Oh, San Giacomo's cat. And you're turning it into a New Orleans Ico Ico. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Giacomo Finane. Oh, is that some Creole? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Giacomo. All right, what else you got from this thing? Anyway, so yeah, so uh, Cora Nemec was also in this. Oh, my uh, gosh. Who yeah, in the Parker hell is Lewis. that? He's Parker Lewis. He cannot lose. What's that? Did you ever watch Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Oh, I've heard of it. I don't know what that is. Is that some it Nickelodeon thing? It was so thing? fun. No. It, well, it, it was on some other channel. I'm not sure what it was on, what channel it was on normally, but I watched it at 9 o'clock in the morning over the summer on, like, USA or, or Channel 11, PIX or whatever, one oh, of those. Love it. And it was so fun. It was basically like, hey, everybody liked Ferris Bueller, and that was about high schoolers. The cool high school kid oh, okay. and his fun friends and the wacky antics. Let's mm-hmm. make that happen. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, so then they did. They made a show called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. It's a lot of fun. And he never did. Aussie Davis was in this movie. Ooh, baby. The mayor. Yep, and Ruby D, of course, also in this movie. Wait, I know that name. Married to Aussie Davis. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is she in Do the Right she Thing was... also? Yes, she, they are married in Do the Right Thing. No, Oh, my God, yeah. that's her? Yeah, yes. I can't remember her character's name in that. I knew that name sounded familiar. Yes. The one who's always yelling at him to, like, get a job or whatever, right? Probably, but I'm laughing because I'm remembering the scene at the end of the movie where she is howling at the destruction. That's not and, what I'm describing. And, and I'm like, John, that's really hard. That's no, not what I'm describing. Say, stop, stop yeah, yeah, yelling the one, at the one that that's guy. yelling all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> the mournful wails of Ruby D just yap, yap, yap. No, no, she's Ozzie very dismissive of Ozzie Davis's character throughout the film. Yes, I think you're right. Shawnee Smith is in this movie. Don't know who that is. Wow, this is a whole new podcast. She's in the Saw movies, but I know her from Who's Harry Crumb? Well, nobody knows what that is either. That's an old John Candy movie. Oh. Everybody got terrible reviews, and I loved it. All right, Pete. Jeffrey Jones is in it, and it's it's really great. I think you would really like this stupid movie. You know, he was incredibly prolific because he died very young. Yes. And he made a gajillion things for us to watch. Yeah. He sure did. And and he like gosh, he's just so he's maybe the funniest person ever. He's so funny and so charming and so sweet. And also so moving. Yeah. I'll never Love forget him yelling him. at the Olympic board in Calgary in cool runnings. Oh yeah. When they don't yes. want to let the Jamaican team in. Ooh. Yeah. He's really great. So yeah, this is a <laughs> this movie. This, oh yeah, what's it about? It's about Briefly. <laughs> yeah, briefly. <laughs> basically. Well, I mean, look, it's post-apocalypse. There's a oh. in, there's a, an influenza outbreak, or not an influenza. There's uh, there's a uh, yeah a, a version a weaponized version of influenza. Oh no! Is unleashed and it wipes out ninety nine point four percent of the population. I think I read. Oh wow, that must be what those those guys love must be some tough mutters. Yeah, yeah, and then it turns into basically every post-apocalyptic sure. thing you've ever seen. Sure, we got to team up. Oh, that guy's bad we... though. Uh oh. Yep. Uh, and oh, wait, things are kind of mystical. And, yeah, we're two factions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that for 366 minutes. Ooh, baby. Yeah. Now I found out that this was the uh, that this was the movie I was going to cover. I realized this at 1 a.m. last night. 
Oh no. I genuinely thought. Oh no. I was just like, I saw that and I did some quick math and I'm like, I have to go to work at seven. Oh, if I start no. right now, I could do this. <laughs> I didn't, but that's largely because I couldn't find, I couldn't find the second half. I found a, fu- a bunch Thank of copies God. of the first half. I'm like, that would have been, that would have been a new high. Have you seen a lot of Stephen King? Oh, I hate or read a lot of things. Oh yeah, and Just I hate general. books. <laughs> <laughs> so this has two big time strikes. Have I seen a single Stephen King thing? Is the real question, and I don't know if the answer is yes. I didn't even see the Green Mile. I don't think you've seen Shawshank. Nope. Get out of town. I will not. You've never seen Shawshank? Never. Sean, it's a. I know Sean, there's a shot right. of him on Look, his your knees, name screaming at the heavens. Wrong. He's standing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unclear shot. <laughs> Pretty sure he's standing. Didn't Stephen might King be, do a light? Did he do a light movie once? Like a very light l- kind of. Maybe I saw I, that. Like a comedy. I don't. I don't. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen anything he's ever done. Did you see Apt Pupil? Ugh, no, that sounds horrible. He did a a lot of Stephen King movies are very bad. Oh, really? That's too bad. Yeah, which surprises me, because I, I always thought ah! they were just like the best. What did you see? I saw Dolores Claiborne when I was a kid. Ah, okay. Wait, I just realized that's a different movie from, what's the one where the guy's stuck in the bed? Deliverance. Nope. Misery. Misery. Which is another movie you may have seen. Is that Stephen King? That's another Stephen King. And yep. also Kathy Bates? Yep. So there's two Stephen King, Kathy Bates movies. Yep. I've seen, have you seen oh, one you know of what? them. Have, have you seen Stand By Me? No. <laughs> really? I know. The Railroad, Dead Guy, Leo. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no Leo. River Phoenix. Will Wheaton. Oh, twist. Jerry O'Connell. Corey Feldman. Wait, he wrote Chief The Running Man? Yep. I love The Running Man. <laughs> you are right to love The Running Man. It's, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on. It's great. It's a great one. Okay. You know what? I didn't realize this. I, uh, yeah. I have some Stephen King in me. There you go. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Now what? So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, so that's I don't have a there's I mean look, the stand it's a very sprawling there everything and nothing happens in this from the best that I can tell. Yeah, Where yeah. Where it's just so much happens that it's just like oh my god, but also it's just like okay, we you know, we we've got two different right camps, three different camps, weird supernatural stuff happens. And I'm sure it's pretty good, but you know, just yeah, fine. Probably yeah. And now dated, By the way, I, I I'm sure Oh yeah, I there was a uh, there was we an love these AV worlds. club. There was an AV club thing that said uh, really? from from I think from 2014 oh, from 2014 <laughs> and that yeah right. And they were like, uh, yeah, this does not hold up, which doesn't surprise me. No, no, it, it's not meant to. Yeah, it's almost obnoxious to point out to think that it would. Yeah, it's like going to a campsite the next day and being like, oh boy, none of these tents really uh, <laughs> held up. And it's like, yeah, we're camping. Well, well, but yes and no because the 366 minutes is a pretty decent tent. <laughs> yeah, but it's still coming down at the end. You're 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 right. You're right. Oh man, 28 million dollar budget. I just want to t- say to the person, let's see how well you stand. You hold up. You, you were going to say stand, which is fitting because this movie is called the stand. Yeah, it's in fa- I'm infected. <laughs> You're infected. That's part of it. <laughs> That's a big plot point to this dumb thing. I got to tell you, Russ, given the competition, I'm going to stick with Mad About You. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think I probably would too. Certainly for part four. Absolutely. Yeah. What was going on in the news? From WNBC TV, this is News for New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. Okay, so I'm not saying Dateline this time. What do you think of that? Interesting. I'm a little sick of it. Okay. I'm shaking things well, up a little. Well, I have terrible news for you. I still love doing the sound, so I'm just going to do that whenever I want. Dateline. <laughs> Jurassic Jigsaw. No, you, you, you don't have to say Dateline. <laughs> I'm just going to do the sound. Yeah, but if I did it, I still had power. <laughs> Jurassic <coughs> Jigsaw Puzzle. Before a Skeleton, Patience and Glue by Ashley Dunn. In a quiet laboratory at the American Museum of Natural History, Amy Davidson, peering through a microscope, carefully aims a thin carbide steel needle at an 80 million year old skull the size of a walnut. Wow. She has spent, That's a good lead. Yeah. She has spent nearly three weeks chipping and drilling at the rust red sandstone that once encased the skull, which is from a rodent like mammal known as a multi tuberculate. Yada yada yada. <laughs> Boy, that that lead was great, and then it really fell off in 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 sentence two. This story is basically a bunch of weird little uh, anecdotes about working in the museum with the job of cleaning fossils under Neat. a microscope because they're eighty million years old. Yeah, and you have wow. to be incredibly delicate. She says this would probably drive most people crazy in about ten minutes. I find it very meditative. Wow. That's pretty neat. It's very, it's very, I, this job would make me crazy. Sure. She said, despite the care from uh, the care of the preparators, preparate, wow, the noun for people who prepare things, Miss Davidson <laughs> said the preparators. <laughs> Miss Davidson, the breakages occurred all the time. Once she picked up a reptile skull fossil that had remained intact through the eons in the loose Gobi sand only to watch it disintegrate into a pile of dust before her eyes. Wow. It just disappeared, she said. 80 million years it survived, and then the next minute, it was just powder. Holy cow. Like, how do you feel? I know. When How does one move past that? Well, here's, speaking of passing, it's not what you think. <laughs> one well-known tale among prep... People Preparators. <laughs> Oh, I've been usurped. <laughs> Among preparators, she said, is, a, <laughs> is about a technician who accidentally licked. Also, how do you accidentally lick anything? Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> about an hour. Who accidentally <laughs> licked the tip of a steel needle and swallowed a tooth the size of a sesame seed. The technician had to be monitored for days so the tooth could be recovered. Sure. Quote, they found it, Miss Davidson oh noted. Ugh. Oh, boy. The size of a sesame seed, Russ. That's that's not um, an eyeball job. <laughs> that's no, a digging not. job. That's <laughs> you're not you're not spotting that from a distance. <laughs> you're rolling up your sleeves. <laughs> Somebody call in Laura Dern. We've yeah, got a job right. for you. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll. You're, you might even be getting some false positives in that exam. You know, is that a two? Well, I mean, nope. <laughs> no, this is this is an actual sesame seed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so plausible. 
on our first day of work, she walked into an underground <coughs> laboratory strewn with pieces of a camel that had died at the local zoo. The camel was being prepared so its bones could be studied. Quote, there were all these camel parts all over the place. Legs over here, a head over there. It was the weirdest thing, she said. Quote, but to me, it was just like heaven. <laughs> as soon as I started, this, I didn't do any more artwork. She was an artist before that. This is a very interesting person. I knew that nothing I could make would be as good as the real thing. I would never be able to make anything as beautiful as these skeletons. Sounds like a, a future serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, uh, this, this the person's name was Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> what a weird one to go with, Russ. Yeah, well, he killed people from know, a man. distance. Yeah, look, That's... it's not a it's not a perfect joke. I would say it's the worst possible punchline. <laughs> I probably should have just saved my breath. Why didn't you say Ted Bundy? I didn't think of it, John. I, I hear you. Welcome to my look world. at you. Look at you. I I knocked out. Why I knocked you say one of them out for you. Why don't you say Jack the Ripper? Why didn't you say, uh... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good option now, isn't it? Joel Rifkin has been in the... Uh, Joel... I've been skipping all the stories because he's a serial killer and I don't want to talk about it. But uh, his trial has been ongoing during these episodes airing. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, I haven't... I didn't use Joel Rifkin because I haven't thought of that person's name in about 25 years. I only knew it for... Oh, I bet he's a Long Islander, right? I bet he's a Met. I... Hell... <laughs> Former shortstop yeah. of the 91 Mets. <laughs> Did not know when to stop. Joel Rifkin. I only know him from that Seinfeld episode where Elaine dates a guy named Joel Rifkin. <laughs> Honestly, I remember the name more than the act, which which is unfortunate because that is exactly what they're going for. True. <laughs> Dateline. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mutiny abounds. <laughs> You wanted this. We might not make it to the end of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it. You needed to scratch that itch. <laughs> In Central Park, volunteer unit aids the hapless of inline skating. Oh, boy. In knee and wrist guards and helmet, George Giannaris, a vice president at Smith Barney Shearson, is demonstrating how to break. Knees bent slightly, arms extended forward. Mr. Giannaris, 47, glides down the hill near the West 72nd Street entrance to Central Park. With a forceful snap of his left heel, he pushes the rubber knob on the back of his skate into the pavement and screeches to a stop. Quote, now let's see you do it. He turns to Candace Chaplin, 26, a book publicist. Terror in her eyes. Miss Chaplin gives her rented rollerblades a gingerly push and instantly loses control. Oh, God. Arms flail, feet wobble, <laughs> knees collapse. Quote, oh my gosh, I can't stop. She screams and rams into a steel barrier. It takes a half hour to teach Miss Chaplin how not to kill herself. I'll tell you what, John. Slapstick is pretty funny in general. Isn't it amazing in print? Even reading it. This I'm, is great. <laughs> I'm so impressed by this author who is not listed in the article. I've never read slapstick that made me laugh out loud. This is really fun. <laughs> so this was organized three years ago by the New York Road Skaters Association, a okay. not-for-profit skater club with 1,200 members. They started a patrol around Central Park that included workshops 
It says from April to October, noon to six, Saturdays and Sundays, the patrol operates free stopping clinics at the East and West 72nd Street Free stopping clinics? They teach more than 300 people a day. They also, this summer it says... We have this Wait, say, I'm sorry. Say that. Say that again. Free. Is it a stop in clinic? No, no. Stopping. Like stop Stopping. A clinic that teaches form. you in this craze of rollerblading how to stop. This is particularly difficult because how do you wind up at the thing? You just keep on going past it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it says this summer the patrol will hey, have. Hey, hi, is this a stopping clinic? Oh, no, well, yeah, bye. Yeah. I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, they need a small, t- like a Red Rover situation to stop them. <laughs> a clothesline. <laughs> this summer the patrol will have walkie talkies donated by a chain of skate stores to report accidents and crimes to the police. Wow. Also, what are the skate stores doing with walkie talkies that they could donate? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. I guess they weren't using them. their main goal is to help the hapless tooling around the park in official black tights and red t-shirts they keep their eyes peeled for telltale signs people with rental skates or fresh wounds or those just (laughs) or those just clinging to anchored objects wow it was a patch of loose dirt on lena milan's jeans that caught bob tesoro's attention miss milan who had just fallen and scraped her elbow eagerly accepted his assistance it just feel like yeah. These feel like lawyers. No, they, like, I, they, bruh. <laughs> right, who were looking for you, damages? What, yeah, what happened? You yeah. fall? Yeah. <laughs> was it the park's Wait, fault? Was it the park? Yeah, what, what happened? Tell me exactly what happened. Did somebody do this or was, uh. <laughs> it says the last year there were a thousand inline skating accidents in the park. One recent weekend, 10 of 21 emergency calls were skating related. I loved rollerblading. Oh, I hated it. And I couldn't stop. You couldn't you 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 couldn't stop when you were rollerblading or No, I used or you had starts. an addiction to rollerblading. I uh, uh, the, I, the, I hate doing this, but I just can't stop. I can't former. quit it. <laughs> sure. Boy, have I got a clinic for you. <clears throat> yeah, that's all the news that's fit to print this week. Awesome. We go from the very delicate to the very clumsy. Yes, we do. In one fell swoop. True. <laughs> uh john we skipped this segment last week i don't want to skip it again it's the twitter bot of the week Woo! quick shout out to everyone's favorite at clean romance one you are not a real person and we're happy to have you on board are you sure yep like the tweets are what tweets are not tweets are computer generated okay okay because that sounds like <laughs> a meaningful name it is it that is true it is not it is it just felt a little aggressive to be like, you are not a person. <laughs> You're not, yeah. I, I do appreciate you defending this bot for their possible integrity. Hey, guess what? Screw them. What? <laughs> Before we get into the episode, sad news came through a little while ago, John. A couple hours sure before did. we recorded this. Yeah. This is February 1st. Yeah. Louis Zorick, who played Burt Buckman, passed away. Sure today. did. 93 was it yeah that is or 92 yeah. i think i don't know 90, it's yeah. a long life a very good run and yeah we talked about him quite a bit on the show we're gonna talk about him a lot more we sure are i love one of the him. greats one of my favorites one of the greats yeah brooklyn I, bridge mad about you yeah and i'll tell you coming he hasn't done it on the show yet but 
him coming into rooms. I've said it here before, I think. Coming into rooms with uh, knocking on the door and then saying, "It's me, Bert, your father, Bert Buckman." Yes. Yes. Is so is so funny to me. And he's great. So, Mame Wow is Zorik. Your word of the week. Ah. Yeah. Rest easy, sir. And we'll have a listen. He he might not be on this earthly realm anymore, but he will live on on this podcast because Boy, do we have a lot to say about him going forward. Lots to say. I haven't Can't even wait busted out my actors on Williamstown Actors doing Chekhov book. Oh, well, I'm on the edge of my seat. Which, <laughs> which includes interviews with him talking about doing Chekhov in Williamstown. How cool. That is one check. niche book. It certainly is. It is available at one store. <laughs> and it is your home. <laughs> and it is not for sale. <laughs> this episode was directed by Michael Lembeck. We got a new director. We do. Who was he? I mean, he, listen, he directed a lot of things, but he also played a small, I don't know what the size of this role is. He played the role of Tommy Ricardo in the movie, The In-Laws, one of Paul Reiser's uh, oh, notably wow. favorite movies. Yes, yes, yes. Very cool. So I wonder, because I forget, I feel like uh, Hank, what was his editor's name? Hank? Warren Merwoman? No, no, no. Before him. Oh, gosh. I don't remember. I think he Season had a small part in the in-laws. Too. Someone else was in the in-laws. Oh, right. Yes, yes, I remember. And yes. Every time this happens, I, I just sort of imagine, I don't know if it's true, but Paul picking their brains for Peter <laughs> Falk stories. I do like you. I do like that you've created that narrative for yourself. Indeed. <laughs> uh, oh, but, that guy was in that movie with him? Paul Reiser must have talked to him so much. Yeah, Paul Reiser must have picked his brain. <laughs> he has directed a million different things. He directed the pilot for Hot in Cleveland. He also directed a Californication. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to Jim. <laughs> well, great. Well, then we've got a nickname for him. What's his name again? Michael Lembeck. Michael Lembeck, the Californicator. Great. <laughs> Speaking of, this is a pretty uh, fornicatory episode of Mad About You. <laughs> There's lots, man. He directed Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, 22 episodes, which is another Danny Jacobson property. That's pretty cool. And 24 episodes of Friends. So this man uh, thrives in the multicam world. Boy, oh boy, am I glad you said Californication first. This guy almost was called the pizza guy or the friend. Ooh, pizza boy. E. <laughs> uh, and it was written by Jeffrey Cleric, who is the co-creator of episodes. Okay. And I think co-creator of Dream On. I just listened to a great interview- cool. With him and his longtime partner, David Crane, the creator of Friends. Yep. They created episodes together on Showtime. If you yeah. haven't watched it, watch it because it's one of my favorite shows. It's so funny and features John Pankow. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, playing a, a predictably a pig. <laughs> Great. Slash head of a TV network. But I love Jeffrey Cleric's writing. And oh, what's the other episode he wrote? I don't remember. I want to say Love Letters, maybe? I do not recall. I think he wrote Love Letters. Anyway. I know he wrote something because you were very excited about his work on episodes. I love him. We'll have to tweet out that podcast too. It's Barry. Uh, wow, am I blanking on names? What's you know that manager? Yeah, is it Barry Katz? Yes, Barry Katz's podcast, Industry yeah. Standard. Yes. Yeah, it's a phenomenal interview. Very cool. Very dry. So the cold open for this one is a fun one, and we're gonna listen to it. If your conversation comes for Who a sings this? What am I, the expert in country music? Ask this guy. Why, because he has a hat, he's gonna know? <laughs> Excuse me. 
<clears throat> Pardon. You happen to know who sings this? Excuse me? Do you know who's singing this song? Oh, it's Garth Brooks. Garth what? Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. <laughs> Hey, that's really Garth Brooks. How about it? Yeah, he looks. That's a fun, a fun review. I don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, except you know his name. He looked surprised. I didn't expect him to be that young. He looked like he was in his mid twenties. Yeah, I I remembered him being a little bit older too. But yeah, I mean, he had a long career. He looks like a child. Yeah, he was probably in his late twenties in this one. It's yeah. crazy. Mid to late twenties. Well, he's yeah. still kicking, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's still uh, got a career. He yes, he hasn't really done a Ooh. whole lot Ooh. lately. Ooh. And I, th- I also think that in the past. The well, here's you're gonna like this story a lot. Mm. First of all, let me tell you the song that was playing was called the American Honky Tonk Bar Association. Yes, I looked it up. I kind of. Uh, yeah. It's catchy. It is. Oh, it's very. It is such oh. a. I don't listen to a lot of country, so I don't know if this sounds different from other. So- it's just. You hear this music and it immediately transports you or like gives you a feel like a tone has been set. Yes. You know, Absolutely, I feel yeah. like we're in the, the opening B-roll sequence of any movie that takes place south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It sets the mood. What will sure. I like? Do you know anything? You don't know anything much about Garth Brooks. How much do you know about Chris Gaines? Oh, nothing. Okay. So in the... I think mid to late 90s, Garth Brooks decided to put out a pop rock album, oh. kind of grungy. Okay. Oh, I hate grunge. They, I, I think he did a cover of... It smells like Teen Spirit? No. It, like it, like a souped up... The chorus was... Like, I can't remember the name of the song. I keep on thinking it's Love One Another, but it's Come On People Now. I love that song. Smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love, love one another, another right, right now. now. Yeah, Where's it's it killing me that I can't think of the actual name of that song. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Right, yes. <laughs> so the thing is, though, somewhere along the line, they decided that nobody would buy a Garth Brooks pop rock album, but that's what he wanted to put out. Sure. So what they did was... They created an alter ego for Garth Brooks, and he put on a short black emo wig and a soul patch, and he called his character Chris Gaines, and they were all set to release an album that was like the very best of Chris Gaines, and they wrote, they did a behind the music what? of Chris Gaines, and they made this whole backstory about like how- fake? Yes. This whole fake backstory about, I think he was in some sort of- motorcycle accident or a plane crash like and he Gary fought Busey? his way back to <laughs> yeah yes the only other person the prime example of a person to get into a motorcycle accident Gary BC. they rebuilt my skull <laughs> and it sank Garth Brooks's <gasps> career no yeah wait so was it the kind of thing where it was so obvious immediately and everyone was like Garth what are you doing or did it take time to come out it was kind of both, I think, where I don't even think they were like, hey, there's a, there was no for anything where it was like, hey, there's this new guy. It's Chris right. Gaines. And then, oh, uh, by the way, it's actually Garth Brooks. It was just like, did you know that Garth Brooks is doing this weird thing? <laughs> oh. And, oh and the music wasn't great. And and so, yeah, it's just like it torpedoed his career. 
I think he released another album or two after that. Then he went away for a while. He took spring training with the New York Mets. That's true. That's real. And I think the and I think the, the year 2000, 2004, somewhere oh in there, he he, gosh, he did that. Uh, yeah. But I think the uh, I think he donated the money that he made doing spring training to uh, charities. But yeah. And then a couple of years ago, he came through like they there was a he signed an exclusive deal with Walmart, uh, not Walmart, with Target, I think. So now Target is the only place where you can buy Garth Brooks CDs, or at least that was the case a while ago, back when physical music was still a thing. Wow. So, yeah, he's an interesting dude. Is, is this something everyone knows? I mean, not not everyone, everyone, but Chris Gaines is something of a popular punchline for uh, in, in certain circles. Wow, Russ, that is a great story. It's pretty neat. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find the behind the music somewhere. I'm um, sure. It's worth checking out. Sure. So yeah, Paul saying he doesn't know is very funny at the end of that bit. That he, he doesn't know if it's Garth Brooks. So after the credits, Paul and Jamie get home. Jen points out all the lights are on in the apartment when they arrive home. For Murray. For Murray. That's sweet. That's sweet of you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. You're buying it. It's going it, to look, it's going to cost them a fortune. Their Con Ed bill is going to be through the roof. Yeah, dogs are like boats. <laughs> what does that mean? Just money sinkholes. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, everyone says that about boats, right? I didn't realize that, but sure. Oh, Makes people sense. say that about boats all the time. It's just they're, they're nothing but money. You think huh. it's just the cost of the boat. Next thing you know, you're buy, buying a new motor. You're fixing this. You're fixing that. You're paying to keep it somewhere. You got to feed it. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. It's a, they have a lot of responsibility. Got to get that boat walked. So they arrive home. They are in formal wear because they have just been to an award ceremony where Paul's documentary lost. But it's not a total loss because they won the door prize. And the door prize is a professional tea brewer. <laughs> Jamie is very excited. She says, she quotes the box. It says, used by real Englishmen. Yeah, she's a real Anglophile, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, she's she lives across the hall from a couple of real... Oh, yes. And she was so envious of their uh, culture. Oh, that's true. She was, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, until they turned into real jerks. That's true. That is true. I guess she assumes they're just two bad seeds. Probably. In a country full of saints. <laughs> in England, you're either a saint or a seed. <laughs> oh, whoa, seed. Hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hello. <laughs> we haven't discussed the seed conspiracy in a little while. Knock, knock. But here Who's we there? Are Subconscious seed reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so paul lost paul's film lost to the trouble with barnacles <laughs> paul is devastated by this or at the very least very angry his film is about the first iraqi born janitor to work at the pentagon yeah which does sound fascinating it's so interesting that you are interested by that i'm so fascinated by paul's sensibility as a documentarian you know what? That's I knew that you were going to say that because last night watching this, I said to Jen, "Do we think that Paul's a good filmmaker? That he makes good films?" Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure that I would be super duper interested in the things that Paul is interested in. Yeah, maybe they're not for you. They might not be. I love all of them. All of them, every single one. Yeah, he loves people. Yeah, that's why he can't connect to Barnacles. He could make a he great documentary people, yes. about the Barnacle guy. Yeah, that's true. You know, but not about the barnacle. He loves a human interest story. He loves a human yeah. interest story. Yeah, that's very true. That's why he's such a fascinating character, me. because he's him. such a recluse. 
unless it's the subject of a documentary. He's only comfortable with intimacy if there's a camera between him and his subject. He's a real Mark Cohen from Rent. Yes. <laughs> That's right. You'll never find true love until you love yourself. I should know. Does he ever sell out on this show? I don't remember. That'll be Paul, interesting. I, I don't remember either. He might. Because hmm. we all know Does Mark he... Cohen sells out to Alexi Darling. Oh, she sure do- he sure does. <laughs> what? Ooh, that show's so sleazy. <laughs> Oh, Russ, so, how do we get here? How the hell? <laughs> Pan left. <laughs> so Close on the steeple of the church. I wrote last night, I was like, the thing with Paul is everybody's got a story, and Paul is going to tell the story of everybody. Yeah, that's a great documentarian mission. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's so funny how, yeah, the same sentence can be inflected in a very positive way or a negative very way. Very true. Yeah. So Jamie is studying for a test. Yeah, she's taking, a, it seems like, well, I don't know what the subject would be. It's either the Vietnam War or it could be Southeast Asian modern history or. Uh, Whatever it was, she didn't register for it a couple of weeks ago. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yeah. Jen was like, what class is this for? Logic, <laughs> ethics, psychology, <laughs> or intermediate French? I mean, that list, of course, is at the time was absurd, also. <laughs> Yes. It's Very like, oh, true. before you take your general curriculum, we have a general, general curriculum, and it's mandatory. Yeah, the most general. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers, thought. It's, yeah. She may as well be signing up for four different freshman orientations. Yeah. <laughs> where every day she just gets into a room and they just go, so how do you balance a workload? So what's the best place to get your groceries? That's what your orientation okay. was like? Probably not. I don't know. So, where do you get your groceries? Where do you, yeah, yeah. Break up this into costs, small discussion groups and talk about this, it. Yeah. This costs $40,000 a year. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> so Paul wants to complain about his horrible lot in life and the fact that he's lost. And Jamie is trying to study. She says she needs an hour. Paul says, you want me to make you some coffee? It'll help you stay up. Jamie says, I don't want to stay up. I want to review this, then listen to you complain, then go to bed. It's very sweet that she builds in the complaint time for him. Yes, it is very, very sweet. And so Paul decides that rather than making coffee, he'll make her some tea. Maybe I'll use my professional tea brewer. What a good idea. Sure. Okay, the Paris Peace Talks, the guy's name. Paris Peace Talks, laid up toe. That's right. How do you know this? Because our parents used to play bridge together. The Buckmans and the Doctos, yes. All right, what do we got? Tea. Tea. We got all sorts of tea. What do we got? Apple, apricot. Apricot, apple. Oh, Jeffrey, you in that writer's room must have had a ball with these. They. I can see the chalkboard. Yeah. Like the whole week, just throwing more up there at lunch. Someone goes to the craft just, service table. They come back. They throw another one up there. These I thought of a funny just thing to say. Goodbye, mint. What? <laughs> what? No, I just, just no, not me saying. Just like they're coming back from lunch and being like, "Oh, I got a funny thing to say." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a funny tea. Oh gosh, uh, apple, I, apricot, and apricot apple. Really fun. I mean, that's so real. It makes me yep. crazy. <laughs> because there's so many micro versions of teas, and when you look at them, you're like, you're all the same, though. 
how but you know what i'll bet they have very different flavor profiles i, apple, apricot, I bet you're right apple. i bet yeah. you're right because so i think if, also yeah, no somebody might be like ooh apple apricot and then they get apricot apple and they're like, oh that's disgusting <laughs> i think tea's like snowflakes every every tea is a is unique you think so yeah have i ever told you i love the way you think about tea <laughs> So here's the thing. Yeah, the the tea options are apple, apricot, apricot, apple, soothing sunrise, kiss today, goodbye, mint, kiss and hooray for goodbye. lemons. Yeah, it's a nice fun Did you think about that too? I, I, I did. Jen did. Yep. Do you we, think we, that's we... us or them? Well, it's both. Like, it's it's a definite. I don't know if it's a reference. No, because that but, is an expression. That's where the song comes, the lyric comes from. It is. And also it's, you know, in direct opposition to soothing sunrise. Right. That being said, I'd be surprised if a room full of comedy writers who reference Broadway on the show. Yeah, or or no, I was going to say that if you know, two last week they're talking about damn Yankees. This week there's a kiss today goodbye mint. Somebody knows that that's from Chorus. Line. Oh, now who's the conspiracy theorist? I don't know, Russ. <laughs> that sounds pretty crazy and stupid to me. <laughs> So here's the thing, though. They list those five T's. Paul picks up the sixth T, and Murray barks. And Paul says, oh, what, are you crazy? We haven't kept milk bones up here in years. You're nuts. Murray's barking is foreshadowing John. To Mr. Wicker? No, he is warning Paul. Did Jen point this out? No, I did. I'm impressed. It sounds like a Jen-level observation, quite honestly. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm impressed, Russ. That is... Very good. Yeah. Do you think and, Murray's uh, trainer walked over to Lembert and said, hey, 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 Mike, I got an idea. <laughs> I got a bit. <laughs> yeah, let me run it by you. <laughs> let me just uh, look, I know we're shooting this teeth thing right here, right now. I just want you to know that that dog can bark on command. I'm just <laughs> telling you whatever you want to do with that information. <laughs> yeah, he was a real juggernaut in terms of uh, getting animals uh, foreshadowing moments on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so from there we cut to bed and wait we missed this great joke night. with paul what's the joke and it clues us in on what jamie's studying because she's asking about the paris peace accords oh right which yes. ended the vietnam war and yes, uh, paul there, yeah. knows offhand who signed them besides kissinger it was ed luke tho the vietnamese dude <laughs> i don't know that much about this either and it's because their parents, the Buckmans and the Luke Toes, <laughs> used to play bridge together. Yeah, they used to play bridge together. makes no sense. <laughs> no, very funny. But though. what really speaks to why we're doing this podcast now and saying I am, I spent a good five minutes trying to see if his family was maybe from Queens and then he went back to Vietnam. <laughs> Newsflash, he didn't. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> one of these days, one of those ridiculous jokes is going to pay off for you Damn straight. and i i can't wait to be here when it does and it's not gonna feel as good as i think it will no it's probably gonna leave you a little empty <laughs> you, well look the the it's it's the same as drugs the excitement is in the chase boom the thrill is in the chase i don't know if that's true yeah drugs are pretty great <laughs> <laughs> so yeah jamie is trying to wake murray he will not wake up and so she tries to wake Paul by playing with his toes and foot. Oh, this is such an inventive, unique. I Have you ever seen this on TV? What? A spouse playing with the other one's Somebody feet. Somebody waking another person? 
No, no, no. By playing with their toes and feet for like 30 seconds in silence? Probably not. That's true. Probably That's not. That's so specific and like to, like to that because I've never seen that in real life. Like that's never occurred to me, but I buy it. I want to see a supercut of the Buckmans waking each other. Oh God! If we had a large enough fan base, <laughs> that'd be fun. The guy, the guy in the fan base that just does things. A lot of ways. <laughs> I would yeah. kill to see that, but I don't have the time. <laughs> we would have to stop doing the podcast to even attempt to, <laughs> to make that supercut. That would be so satisfying. It'd be good. Point is, Jamie can't sleep because she's thinking about her test. So she asks Paul to tell her a story in order to help her go to sleep because he soothes her. All right. Let me tell you about the time I was in film school. And I had this brilliant idea for a documentary about the garment district. A day in the life of a button? Day in the life of a button. That's right. (laughs) That's the one. And everybody said, no, can't be done, can't be done. No one cares about a view of the world seen through the eyes of a small piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. But you didn't let that intimidate you. Didn't let it intimidate you me. You stuck to your guns. I, hey, who's telling a story? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, so I made the film, mm-hmm. and I was nominated for my first Silver Sprocket. Which you lost. Which I lost. <laughs> would you like to know why? Yes, I would. Because these people are idiots. That's why. Because they, they have no vision, which is why tonight they, they, they give the award to some, some hack in a rented tuxedo with his cummerbund all upside down. You can't, the, the ridges are going up. They're catching crumbs. It was pathetic to watch him stand there. Am I boring you? Not enough. Again, Russ, I would kill to see this documentary. You love a day in the life of a button. Guess what? There's a documentary... That was on HBO in 2009 that I vaguely remember. I can't remember if I watched it, though. Called Shmata, Rags to Riches to Rags. What was it called? Shmata, Rags Great. to Riches yep. to Rags. So the tag is the worst part of the title. Just call it Shmata. <laughs> but sure. it's a documentary about the Garment District, and I watched the trailer and almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really was the garment district. Really was the center of everything. For and now it's like you've been there. It's nothing. Yeah. Except the, like four buildings with Chinese people who work twelve hours a day minimum. Yeah. In not you know nondescript warehouse rooms and with on uh, sewing machines. Sure. And also uh, improv rehearsal space. And also improv rehearsal space. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Schmata is one of the Yiddish words I grew up with. It's a good one. Yeah. I had that one too. That was that was common around. That was a common one around. The fader home. Yeah, I love him saying they said it couldn't be done. No one would. That's I like that. They said it couldn't be done. No one would care. <laughs> like those are not the same things. Not that you. They said that you can't make a film like this. That no one would care. I'm like those don't equal each other. True. But he didn't listen, and he made it, and he was nominated for his first silver sprocket, which he lost because they have no vision. Yeah, the Silver Sprockets are the made-up documentary awards in the Mad About You universe. They come into play later in the series as well. They do, don't they? Yeah, and that is what he lost tonight. Paul makes a comment about person wearing his cummerbund backwards, and he is wrong. The person's cummerbund is the person he describes as wearing his cummerbund up with the ridges, uh, the pleats going up to catch their crumbs. That is correct. That's the correct way to wear a cummerbund. Really? Yes. That is a very subtle joke. It's not well. It's a wrong joke. I don't know if they would put that in there and be wrong. I think they think. I think because they make a comment about how his cummerbund is all wrong. So you think you think that it's a meta joke that 
I think it's a Paul comment saying, on Paul not understanding how cummerbunds work. I think you're giving this writer an awful lot of credit. Jeffrey? Yep. <laughs> Jeffrey! <laughs> yeah! It's because I listened yeah. to this interview. If I had listened to this interview, the Californicator himself, I wouldn't know who the hell this guy was. <laughs> but now I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> Wonderful. And I don't like the way you're speaking about him. <laughs> they go into the kitchen in order to make her fifth cup of tea of the evening. <laughs> this is another fun thing that we get in this show is we've talked about Cheffa. Yes. Which is the, the dialogue before the stuff happens. Right. I would also like to see a supercut of all of the things that they say to each other as they cross from the bedroom to the kitchen and vice versa. A Cheffa cut. Yes, a Cheffa cut. That would here, be great. Jamie, they... they they cross through, and Jamie just says, I wish we had a lawn. Ugh. Apropos of nothing. And they, you need to fill you need to fill the air with something. But also, you so, give that line to Helen Hunt, and it doesn't feel apropos of nothing. You're absolutely right. It feels, I, I immediately she I was like, it. yeah, she misses Connecticut. She's from there. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she probably wants to go outside at you, night. You are such, you are so generous. You're the best. It's, it's all there. It's all there. You're like, it's not even me. It's her. She's yeah, I good. didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, man. So then we cut to the kitchen, and it is time to pick a tea. All righty. This, my friend, this is going to put you out. You'll be snoring in no time. This. All right. No, 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 honey. Don't use that one. Why not? Because it has caffeine in it. It does? Oops. <laughs> What did you say? I said the troops. They gave it to the troops in the war. <laughs> decaf, they couldn't sleep with the shelling and, and all the... This is not no. decaf. You pumped me full of caffeine? I did not on purpose. I didn't, I didn't the know. The atomic zinger? Does that sound common to you? I didn't think it through. I you just couldn't give me something that I... said, like, slumber or sleepy or she's tired? I'm going to try to help her out a little I, bit? I used... <laughs> the way she says atomic zinger. It's really funny. Ugh. That's really great. She she crushes the end of this. They do do the thing here with where Paul says, oops. And he says, I said troops. They give it to the troops. I hate yeah, that whenever it happens. Me too. What are you going to do? Who cares? Yeah. Sorry, not every moment's perfect for you. Uh, well, I, I, I accept your apology. Thank you. On behalf four, of Jeffrey. <laughs> four cups of tea is a lot of caffeine. Yes, it is. I don't have any further information about it, but... That's a lot of caffeine. Yeah, especially Atomic Zinger. Um, you, Sounds I'm like, like it, it's meant to keep you up. Yeah, yeah. My heart would start racing at the end of probably my second cup in the middle of the night. Oh, what a wuss. And I'd be... <laughs> well, look, I, coffee... It, what are you, you know a what? hamster? I, I, Come on. Here's the thing. It's it's a little of A and a little of B to me because the other thing that happens with me is I can have coffee at any time of day. Yeah. I had a cup of coffee at 1 o'clock in the morning a couple of weeks ago and immediately like before bed <laughs> like i had a cup of coffee of lay down in bed and fell asleep yeah like i could yeah. do that but then some nights i i get too cocky yeah and this has been happening lately and i've had to remind myself to stop i'll go to a diner for dinner maybe mm -hmm. and you know that coffee just keeps coming i'll drink like yep. six cups mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i can't i can't fall asleep but I'm so stupid. It usually takes me like three hours to to be like, oh. Oh, I had all that coffee. <laughs> yeah. Because first I'm thrilled. I'm like, three boy, hours I have all this energy. It's late. 
Yeah, three hours of being jittery on the toilet and not knowing why. <laughs> wow, coffee really does a number on you, pal. <laughs> I'm addicted. <laughs> oh, very good. Did we talk? Does this clip have the uh, crazy guy in Channel Thirty Eight? No, no, it does not. Yeah, so that's Paul's idea of what they could do. Watch the crazy <laughs> guy on Channel Thirty Eight with the white beard. I really want to know who that is. <laughs> that feels real. I don't think it is. It might be, but I don't I, think it is. Russ, I think it is. Channel 38 was WWOR. Okay. Which is a famous old New York station. Yes, it home is. Home of yes, it is. the Million Dollar Movie, which I've heard many old New Yorkers talk about. Right, yes. The weekly also, movie. So I have to figure there was some guy with a white beard. I'll tell you what else is on WWOR. What? The Mets. On weekends. The Mets. <laughs> now it's the Yankees, so we don't like them. Oh, boo. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, Jamie is worried about failing her test because she is exhausted. And so Paul agrees to stay up with her to help her fall asleep. And from there, we cut to them sitting on the couch. Jamie is going through a drawer. And Paul is sitting down breaking in dress shoes. And he says it takes forever to break in dress shoes. And Jamie says, yeah, especially when you're sitting. <laughs> Again, these are so two such specific acts that they make this show feel authentic. Yeah. Like playing with it's, his toes. This is this is big stuff. This is why the show's so successful. The small stuff is the big stuff. Oh, that's such a... What are you, an English teacher? That's very good. Son of one, my friend. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So Paul tells Jamie that Gomez Adams has moved into the building. Jamie doesn't believe him. First, she thinks it's Raul Julia. But then, no, he says John Aston from the original adam's family and paul says why would i make that up i'm trying to impress you <laughs> so paul starts rubbing her feet in order to get her to go to sleep and jamie says this isn't working i could dance on a tightrope and twirl plates paul says what you're telling me you're carnival people jamie says yes i'm the amazing awake lady get me i'm up very fun and that is a very fun very paul riser line i feel like yes um, yes the the I I've never heard anybody else say get me. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but they do it a lot. Yes, on this that show. did stand out. Yeah. Another circus reference. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Paul loves the circus. He loves the circus. I also am desperate to know what movie is playing. <laughs> Was surprised it was in the credits. That's true. I would love a list of all so, the movies he did yeah, watch. Get on it, fans. Jamie starts to kiss Paul's chest in an effort to seduce him. Yeah, she kisses yeah. down it. It's pretty clear where this yeah. is headed, which is a pretty racy yeah. Uh, blocking. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not subtle. No, it is not. No. Paul says, you know, sweetie, when you get a good idea, you get a good idea. <clears throat> and at that moment, the paper arrives. Paul gets very bummed. And they go outside in order to get it before their neighbor steals it. They think the neighbor has been stealing their paper. What time do you think a paper comes? 3 a.m. We we were thinking this as well. Morning edition. I early thought. Edition? I thought maybe. I thought maybe four. Yeah, it's late. There's. She, I got news for you. You're not getting much sleep. No, Jamie. no, you're in, you're in bad shape. Yeah. So Paul and Jamie they exit their apartment, and they go to steal a happy face from the Hamiltons' door. The Hamiltons down the hall. Yeah. Uh, so she pushes the lock nice button. Day. Then he pushes the lock button, and they close the door, locking themselves out. Ugh. Oops. It happens to the best of us. So at that point, Mr. Wicker <laughs> arrives. Yeah. What's like you're waiting for me to say something. <laughs> it's like, well, no. I got nothing. Yeah, it does happen, everyone. That's okay. No, <laughs> just the video froze a little bit. Oh, and it looked like you were so just staring at me, waiting. waiting. 
I guess I was at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wicker arrives Always love at a Jerry the elevator. Adler appearance. Hello, Hesh. And they go to get a spare key from the basement. We learned <laughs> Jamie that, the, asks, that Jose is an Aspen. Oh, yeah. That's the right. Normal... He's a big runner. The normal, <laughs> the normal elevator guy, Jose, is an Aspen. And uh, they can't believe that Jose is an Aspen. And Eddie, the doorman, is going to Trenton next week. Yeah. Everybody's getting some time off. A little less luxurious. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both probably union jobs. I don't know how that would happen. Right. Jamie says, aren't you curious of how we got locked out? Mr. Wicker says, my guess is one of you pushed the button, then the other one pushed the button. Paul says, wow. Mr. Wicker points at his head and says, 33 years here. Yep. So Mr. Wicker leaves downstairs when he gets to the elevator, and he leaves Paul and Jamie to watch the elevator as he gets the key. And there is a buzz from the penthouse on the elevator. And Paul gets very excited. He's always wanted to be an elevator operator. And he goes to he goes to bring he brings the elevator up to the penthouse in order to show Jamie that John Aston does in fact live there. So they get upstairs, and sure enough, it is the real John Aston, or John Aston the actor at least. And Jamie doesn't think it's really him. So they introduce themselves. John Aston invites them out to dinner, asking if they eat goose. Then we get as as they leave. Well, are you you gonna say something? Yeah, you a big John Aston? You a big Adam Sandler fan? No, I I really liked the movie. Oh, that's very different. Yes, I've seen a few episodes probably of the original show. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, but I love this guy. (laughs) So now I wonder if I would like the Adams Family. You might. This guy is so charismatic and funny. Oh yeah, that's his whole thing. Absolutely. I mean, John Aston's hysterical. Yeah. Check out his bio. Just tell me what, because I I did a lot of reading on him. <laughs> did you see his family? Oh yeah, Sean Aston's his kid. Yep, Rudy. And you know, yep. And you know who his mom is? Sean Aston's mom? Uh, no. Patty Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that before. Also, I don't care about Patty Duke. <laughs> okay, great. Do you? <laughs> so she's she's great. She's America's sweetheart. I, I don't care. That's Helen Keller you're talking about. Helen Keller. I think she played Helen Keller, didn't she? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the Miracle Worker, the most boring thing ever made? Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Did you know oh, he was in the God. original? Not the original, because it was produced in 1928. John Aston was in a, a, a Three Penny Opera, the first production on Broadway. Oh, I did not know that. With uh, 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 B. Arthur. <laughs> With B. Arthur and Latalena. How cool. Yeah. I did not know that. That's really neat. So John Aston gets out of the elevator. And yeah, Paul is very pleased to have seemingly proven that he lives there. And Jamie does not believe that it is the real John Aston. Wait, he's also the Riddler from the original Batman? He was one of them. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Oh, there's several the Riddlers? Main Riddler. Yeah, the main one is Frank Gorshin. Oh, Frank Gorshin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he played, John Aston played him as well. Cool. Okay, anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Gosh, that was a funny show. So as John Aston is leaving, Paul is trying to convince Jamie that it's him. And yeah, he says, so? So who is that? Hermione Gingold, I believe it's pronounced? Yeah, what is that? I looked it up. She is a British actress, and she's got a very eccentric persona and a deep voice. Really? Yep. And I thought that she was going to sound like... Harvey Firestein. Is it more like a hey, do, 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 do. not even it's just 
It's just like, hello, I'm British. I have a voice like this. Like, it's not, it's very underwhelming. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I found her obituary. <laughs> oh. Yeah. How is it? 89. Wow. She lived till 89. Yeah. An English-born comedian whose tart, quick-witted repartee became her trademark. There you go. I'm going to do a deep dive on her. Oh, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> filthy. But I... Yeah. <laughs> John, come on, buddy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So then what? Oh, great. I wasn't tell, sure if you were doing what. that deep dive now or later. Okay. No, no. I can't so, do it now. It'll take too long. Great. So back at the basement, Paul and Jamie are using the elevator. And they are trying to decide whether or not to find Mr. Wicker or if they want to stay put. This place gives me the creeps. What are you scared of? Mr. Wicker! Yo, Mr. Wicker! Yo? Want to sound bigger just in case? I thought you said there's nothing to be scared of. Maybe we should go get him. You go. You don't want to go? It's creepy. All right, I'll go get him. No, 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 wait, wait. Don't leave me here. You want me to go get him and wait here with you? Yeah. Can't be done. <laughs> Let's go. That was the original plan. Okay, but listen to me. If we get murdered, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> this is this is a weird episode, John. Am I wrong? Uh, okay, keep going. Now you're starting to sound weirdest like uh, Christina because I watched it with her last night. Oh yeah. Night. Oh yeah. Uh, also, if you guys can hear that, that's the cat scratching. Forgive me. Oh, you got the fever? I don't. The cat does. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, the song isn't called Humans Sitting Here Fever. <laughs> so what's weird about this exactly? Well, this is just where it kind of... It goes off the rails? Yeah. I disagree. Because they they go to try to find Mr. Wicker. Sure. And they get locked out. In the stairwell. Again. They get locked in the stairwell. They, they get locked in the stairwell. Because time. there's no entrance back into the... This yeah. hasn't happened to you before? They thought it was an office. It's not an office. It's so much to happen. What they're in, in the one bowels night. of their building. That's true. This yeah. is when that would happen. Only once you've journeyed far enough from your home. I think they would just. Why wouldn't they just stay put? Because they're they're impatient. It's already probably four thirty. You know, she's got to get to bed. I don't think it's smart. Also, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't sound like them. It doesn't sound like one of them. It sounds like Jamie. It doesn't sound like Paul. You think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, Jamie's that's, always trying to get things done. That's true. I'm so, so Jamie sick of having to stick up for these people. <laughs> so at that point, Jamie gets really mad at having been locked out. Oh, I really must have missed it. Let's go back to the elevator. <laughs> no access. I can't believe we didn't wait for him, honey. Didn't what? I say let's just wait for him in the elevator? Excuse I me. I can't believe you locked the door, uh, honey. I I, I mean it's... this door. I didn't touch this door. You know something? I like that Barnacle movie. Okay, I'm sure it's the T talking now. Just walk up to the lobby. Eddie will let us in. All right. The barnacle comment that was that was just to hurt yes, me. Yes, it was. All right. <laughs> you want to know something? I like that barnacle movie. <laughs> just to hurt him. So funny. They climb up one flight, and uh, they're looking into the lobby where Eddie is asleep at a desk at his desk. Right. Eddie the doorman. So they can't get in there. And then Mr. Wicker arrives at the elevator and they are not there. So everybody's missing each other. Uh oh. It's like the parking this garage is great. episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is really fun because at this point, 
Paul and Jamie, Paul decides to try to help Jamie study because she still has to take her test. So they this go through, sequence through is a few amazing. things. It's great. When did Ho Chi Minh first come to popularity? I believe that was right after Mushu Park. <laughs> Good. Another locked door. Locked door. Didn't he overthrow Mushu Park? <laughs> Want to pass this test or not? Oh, I have about as much chance of passing this test as you have of winning a silver sprocket. <laughs> wow, are well, you punchy? You punchy. Didn't he come into power like 1932? Oh, man. <laughs> All is of that hysteric. is... It's so great. The, the the lines are great, and the delivery is... It, it sends it through the roof because just watching her face, as she's saying these things that she knows are mean and hurtful, and she, she like her mouth is open. She can't believe she's saying these things. Yeah, right. It's really fun. The filter's completely off. Totally Do done. you think some of these jokes are a little, uh, you know... <laughs> Racially insensitive? Yeah. Each one of them? Yeah. At 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're funny, yeah. though. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Didn't he overthrow Mushu Pork? That killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to get letters, John. Uh, so Mr. Wicker gets to Paul and Jamie's apartment. And when he gets there, Murray starts barking. And Mr. Wicker says, I just painted the place. As though yeah. Murray is complaining about the apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, for See, me, that's is the like the... Uh, I said... Uh, you know, the other thing. I didn't say yes. Atomic Zinger or whatever. Oh yeah. So, so uh interpreting what Murray's saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't love that either. Like not just from a bark out of nowhere. Sure. Like I don't mind right. if you want to interpret uh, the number of barks as he does in a minute. Sure. But you know, that's out of nowhere. Right, 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 right. So Jamie asks Paul if he wants to join the ten story high club and then does a whole bunch of very exaggerated wings. It's so loopy and funny. And it's so loopy and so funny. And But it's also funny how even a silly, probably not super duper serious, certainly not sexy invitation for sex still does it for Paul. Oh, sure. You know, because, yeah, he's just like, he calls her a huge goof, goofball. They start kissing on the stairs. Well, he was hoping point, it was going to happen like an hour ago. That's true. That's true. Things went south after that. Yeah. Or didn't, depending on the uh, how you oh, want to look at things. Oh, zing! But regardless, yeah. So a neighbor comes out and apologizes for catching them and goes back. They cannot get back in. So then we cut back to the apartment. Mister Wicker is with Murray going through the fridge. Says we got a lot of yogurt, we got Chinese food, and we got egg salad. Murray barks twice. Mister Wicker says number two, Chinese food. Great. Feeds Murray, keeps some food for himself. That kills too. Yeah, they love. I mean, they people love it when a dog speaks English. These two could go on the road. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. Wicker and Murray back together again. <laughs> so then Paul and Jamie wind up on the roof. Now this, I'll agree, is where it gets a little kooky. Yeah, I. This is where the kookiness really gets, really kicks in. I kind of, I mentioned it earlier, but it wasn't like, oh, then they get locked out downstairs. Can you believe it? This is the can you believe it part. <laughs> Correct. So John Aston is having lunch on the roof. Paul looks and says, oh, see, look at this. Somebody's got a lawn because John Aston has a lawn chair. So that I wish I had a lawn line from earlier in the episode pays off. Yes. And this is when John Aston goes into full Gomez Adams mode. You guys, you guys eat lunch on a roof at four in the morning? Oh, 
I'd like you to meet my wife, Walalea. Walalea? These are the Buckmans? Yes, we, we certainly are. Chante. Caramia! You know what you do to me when you speak French? It drives me wild. It really does, you know. Okay, it's an it's That's really all I'm saying. And this isn't an episode of Mad About You anymore. Why? Why? I mean, because... No, you know what? It's not that it's not an episode of Mad About You. It, it feels like the Jerry Lewis thing. Where yes. Somebody else exactly. is doing... Exactly. Somebody else, somebody else is doing their thing on this show, and it doesn't fit the tone. It doesn't make any no, sense. Oh, it defines the tone. It stretches the tone. That's the beauty of the show. Grounded again. scenes Grounded. Yeah. mixed with insane goofiness. Yeah. I know you love that. That Well, that's the show. Not always. I'd say once or twice a season. That is your favorite part. I think it's one of the most amazing parts of the show. What is my favorite part of the show? I don't know anymore. <laughs> the real little moments. I love the Yeah, well, you know, little, it's all the big. The big is in the little. <laughs> don't you do that. Don't you do that to me. <laughs> I love those too, but that's the brilliance of the show. They do both at the same time, and it, you know, it, I can't say it works because it doesn't work for everyone. Apparently, it works yeah, for me. It does. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you have things like John Aston saying, "Look at that moon." Jamie says, uh, "Can't even see the moon." John Aston says, "Precisely." <laughs> what I also love, though, Russ, this show's so grounded, even in this crazy scene, because they have the presence of mind to watch. John Aston acting so much like Gomez that they start to wonder if this is just some nutbag lookalike who's pretended to that be is, Gomez. That is true. Paul does say it can't be him. If it was him, he wouldn't be. He's like, he's doing all the things that Gomez does. If this was really Gomez, yeah, he wouldn't so do those logical. things. It's really funny. And we never find out if it is really him. That's true. Because we he don't. plays head games with Paul. Yeah. They start tangoing. People start to tango. And I love the tango. You love the tango. They add, yeah, John Aston asks, you tango, Buckmans? Paul says, not as much as we'd like. John Aston <laughs> says, well, grab her, man. And Jamie just, says, <laughs> Jamie just says, no, 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 don't grab me. <laughs> Sage advice from uh, another era. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Her rebuttal so, yeah, we, we We get Jamie and Paul not being able to tell whether it's John Aston or not and uh, dropping some French as they go. A lovely evening, but we really should say au revoir. <laughs> you can't fool me. That's French. <laughs> you should see me eat corn. Okay, just just settle this, because I, we, we've been discussing. You are him, aren't you? Of course I am. No, you're not. No, you're not. Of course I'm not. Seriously. What do you like? I, I... Oh, all right. Now, you know what? Now, I say you are. Then I am. I don't know, man. <laughs> There's not a whole lot that happens in this last bit. I... No, it's just a bunch of fun Gomez references. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And the man has charisma. It's very true. I was incredibly Paul says to him, you, yeah, all right. 
Well, good. I It is entertaining. I'm sure I laughed. It's one of those things where if you think about it for one second, it's a lot less fun. Not for me. I watched it twice and enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I'm like, unfortunately, I'm in the thinking about this for more than one second business. Paul says to John Aston, you are him, aren't you? John Aston says, of course I am. Paul says, no, you're not. He says, of course I'm not. <laughs> and then, no, it's great. Is he goes, are you? And then he goes, what do you like? <laughs> what do you like? Yeah. Also very and Paul so, Reiser vernacular. Sure. Yeah. What do you like? That's very true. So Paul asks, in an now, effort to really determine, Paul asks him if he can do the flips. This is when it gets really nutty. Yeah. So and John Aston says, of course I can. And then he does a bunch of backflips and he flips off the roof. <laughs> this is when Christina just went, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. She is right to go what? It's hysterical. Okay. In my art, because, you know, she like... we. You know how someone, something's hysterical, people say the word what? <laughs> you know, everyone watches all these crazy shows on TV, like The Good Place, which is set in, like, the afterlife. I'm like, this right. is just one moment, one kooky moment in a very realistic show. Like, shouldn't your, yeah. shouldn't your realistic moment boundaries be super wide now that so many TV shows are nuts? What's one moment? <laughs> The hell with establishing rules and then playing within them. <laughs> I think it is so funny, especially because of the tag. The tag is amazing. It's one of my favorite yeah. tags. Is it? Yes. The tag has, we're in the apartment. Mr. Wicker is watching television with Murray. John Aston falls past <laughs> the window. I believe he yells, hello, Wicker. Yes, he does. And Wicker yeah. goes, good thing we got a big canopy. <laughs> yeah. And so right after that, John Aston is back in the window holding on. He bounces right He's back into frame. Head and chest in the apartment. Yeah. And then they stare at each other smiling for a very long time. Yep. Very, very long time. To and the then, point where I wonder yeah. if. He forgot his line or something. <laughs> no, he's, he's milking it, baby. Is that it? I think he's just milking that it moment. It is so fun. Wicker just has a smile on his face. and he, They're staring at each other. <laughs> I wonder if they're old and Broadway then, colleagues, too, to be honest. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they didn't have any crossover credits, but they were both part of the community in the 50s. Sure. John Aston says, Wicker, I love living here. <laughs> and that's how we go out. Oh. Uh, I love this, this episode. Is the, this is the weirdest episode that I can remember. Like, it's total? It's very strange. You know what? As I was mentioning it just now, I it falls into the same category of the uh, Jerry Lewis episode. I love that episode, too. I know you do. I love all the weird ones. Probably, yeah. Which is so funny, because I don't like other weird things. You're, you're an enigma, John Marbley. I sure am. <laughs> and you are all enigmas, rise guys and rise gals. Bringing it on home for you. Thank you so much for listening. We truly, truly appreciate it. What a joy it is talking mad about you with you. If you haven't yet, we're still smack dab in the middle of our 50 by 50 campaign. We're coming up on episode 50. Yeah, we're Leave five episodes rating. away. Yeah, rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We've got a little ways to go until we get to our 50th, but there's no doubt in my mind that we will because y'all won't let me down. <laughs> The old guilt trip. No, there no, really, no. It helps us out. It only takes a couple minutes. And, uh, you know, it'll help, help get the podcast out there a little farther. Yeah. Get some more fans. Just think of 
Think of all those forlorn mad about you fans that think they're still living in a vacuum. They don't know. They don't they know. They don't know we're here. They don't know you're here. We have had a few reviews lately. Thank you very much to yes. uh, to those folks. Very much obliged. You can also... You can, uh, no, go ahead. You can also but tweet at us at Mad About You Pod. We love hearing from you on there. Or uh, like us on Facebook at Mad About You Pod. Or, uh, well, subscribe to us on Stitcher. Tune in. Apple Podcast everywhere. All the podcast places. We're there. And email us if you like. We love getting letters. We've gotten a couple. Madaboutyoupod at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. We want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. We're very nice. We're talkers. <laughs> We're talkers. So, yes, please do reach out. And we have a theme song. It goes like this. It's by John D. Ivy. Thank you so much, John. And our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie. He's on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you, Nathan. And our sound was mixed by Vuk Ivanovich. Thank you, Vuk. And, uh, yeah, that's it for this one. John, we're going to come back, yeah? Oh, you better believe it. I mean, why wouldn't we? What in the world would keep us away? You're crazy beep 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 Don't. <laughs> Or do I just start reading a story every time you do it? (laughs) Oh, Rise guys and rise gals, thank you so much. This has been another Mad About Mad About You. I'm Russ Spader. And I'm John Marble. And And this This is is what what we're saying. saying.